You're listening to the Comic Book Informer Podcast with Vince and Raj, a podcast for everyone from comic nerds to comic noobs. You know who you are. Now here's your host, Vince. Hello, everybody, and welcome to issue 256 of what is undoubtedly the best comic podcast I've been on this month. Coming to you on March 29th. How's it going, Raj? That's good. All right. I finished an image. Did you see it? <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> so I can finally tell Marty, leave me alone. I did it. All right. I did the thing. <laughs> I did the thing. Jesus, can we move on now? <laughs> this is how it starts. <laughs> Not a so, made-up thing. <laughs> we pretend, no, it's you giving me a hard time about this. So definitely check out. Uh, it's posted on our Twitter, CB Informer. I assume it'll be somewhere in the show notes at some point. I assume so. it's going to be everywhere soon. It was actually yeah. fun to put it together, too, and I'll I'll be doing some other ones as well. So it will be fun. Definitely some interesting things coming up, but enough about that. This weekend, we had the WonderCon presentation for DC Rebirth. Now, I sent you a pretty long video. Did you watch all of it or some of it? Oh, no, I watched it all. I have to say, I actually really liked the presentation itself of bringing the creators out and giving each of them a few minutes just to talk about their personal projects. It was a lot better than just, okay, we're sitting on a panel in front of you know 3,000 people. It was much more personal, and it gave me at least a better idea of how I feel about the various comics going into the don't call it a relaunch. For the most part, I agree with you. There were just some of the creators that were there that were just toting the same company line. We've heard too many times mm-hmm. that really doesn't say anything. So then they're just there so that the, the three bigwigs can say, Oh look, this person's working on this, but they're not really giving us any information. Again, most of it, I agree with you was good, but there were a number of them where you're like, well, that was pointless. You still didn't answer anything. And the fact remains, do you know at this point, anything more about quote unquote rebirth and what it means in terms of a reboot versus what are they planning on keeping and what the hell is going on? Do you actually feel you know anything more? I think so. As far as continuity is concerned, I don't think they're changing anything. This isn't going to be a flashpoint. It's just basically, you know, the next chapter of the DC storytelling, but kind of reforming their their viewpoint on the stories they want to tell. Like I said, a, a lot more of, you know, building on the legacy of the past instead of trying to throw the past away. But and, and as far as continuity is concerned, I don't think we're going to get a new 52 style change. It's just going to be kind of moving forward, kind of like what Marvel did after secret wars. They shifted a few things around, but for the most part, it's just moving forward in a new direction. So that's not what I took from this at all. I, I still don't get what the hell they're doing. I still, I'm not saying it makes any sense yeah, from a it, publishing standpoint. It does I'm because saying it's still some, pretty stupid, but some of it I, did it, sound like they were, some of it did sound like they were trying to go back to what it was before almost. Mm-hmm. I mean, the fact that they're bringing back Terry McGinnis for Batman Beyond. Well, I'm not going to complain about that. I'm not going to complain, but at <laughs> least explain how that yeah. is not a reboot then because that's pretty much what it has to be. So Yeah, I don't, I don't see how they can just kind of bring him back. Yeah, and, and but that's I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, yeah. You asked my opinion. I'm giving it no, to you. No, I, I, I'm glad you're giving it. Yeah. 
So we're not going to run through absolutely everything. I just wanted to touch on some high points and stuff that I was pretty interested in. And they let off with the Batman stuff because, of course, they did. (laughs) With uh, Tom King, with his new exclusive deal for DC, is going to be taking over the main Batman title. I've heard so much praise for Tom King over the past couple years. He's just never written a comic I cared about. <laughs> so putting him on Batman, I'm excited to maybe see what the fuss is about. And it's kind of interesting. I never knew this about him. You know, back in the day, he was an intern for DC and Marvel. And then he went to go be a counterterrorism agent for the CIA. <laughs> Didn't go back to writing for over a decade uh, once his uh, kid was born and he wanted to start a family and get out of the CIA. He started doing writing again. So it's saying he's going to bring an interesting spin to Batman and try to level up the uh, the villainous experience for him. So it, it could be an interesting fit. I'm I'm excited to finally see what the big deal is about him because – I honestly don't care about Omega Men or Grayson or the Vision. Well, what's funny is that I, I'm listening to him talk initially, and I'm thinking, what is he going to bring to Batman that that Snyder did mm-hmm. not? Because that's some pretty big shoes to fill there. And it wasn't until he started going in uh, on about the, the CIA stuff. And I mean, he, it's not like he explained at least there. I, I don't know what you may have read otherwise. What well, yeah, I, I did CIA. a little more research yeah. once I heard about it. Yeah, so I had not. I mean, for all I knew, he was a coat check guy for the CIA. Mm-hmm. You know, that's all. Because uh, he doesn't, he doesn't look like the stereotype of what we expect a CIA agent to look like. <laughs> I'm not saying he was Jack Bauer. <laughs> yeah, it's just as he's talking, I'm going. You probably look like someone who was manning the phones. I I just can't see you in the field. That said, regardless, there's a wealth of experience there that mm-hmm. he will be bringing to the table. That's that's going to be interesting, actually. Yeah, you don't have to be in the field to have the knowledge and the experience and yeah, the point of view. It's going to be interesting. Actually, the Batman title I'm most excited for is the new Detective Comics, uh, bringing in James Tinian, who we've loved a lot of his work at DC. And it's, as they said, they're calling it like Gotham Boot Camp with Batman and Batwoman, who typically she kind of tends to be on her own amongst the Bat titles, working with Tim Drake, Cassandra Cain, and Stephanie Brown. I... Just on a concept alone, it's a bunch of characters I love and a new kind of family type for the Batman books. So, it, and again, given the the pedigree of the writer, I think this could be one of my favorite Bat books of the new line. Wasn't that the one with Clayface on the team as well? Yeah. I'm, That's I'm, what I'm, I want to know. I'm judgment on that because it's kind of weird. <laughs> Can't believe you didn't bring that up. <laughs> That's like, welcome to the new Bat family. Oh, yeah, Penguin is now a Bat. <laughs> Like, we need to know a little bit more about that. Yeah. Uh, Looking up, uh, we're getting the new Batgirl run uh, with, uh, who is it, Hope Larson taking over. So this is going to be interesting because Batgirl, as we know her now, was really made by her current run. So changing up the creators, really changing up the entire direction for the character. I'm hopeful for it. Yeah. And then we're also getting the Birds of Prey with Batgirl, Black Canary, and Huntress. Which on its own, but the storyline is there's a new oracle that's showed up in Gotham. So that could be an interesting hook. That's what got me. The, the mm-hmm. moment that was said, it was like, okay, you got me. Let's let's yeah. figure this mystery out. I, I, I will read a couple issues. <laughs> and the big surprise, 
well, not a surprise that Scott Snyder's still writing Batman, but this was a previously unannounced title that Scott Snyder's picking up all-star Batman with a murderer's row of great artists, John Romita Jr., Jock, Sean Murphy, multiple others, and he's going to be bringing in a bunch of people. And it's cool because when you look at Snyder's Batman run, he did Joker, he did Riddler, didn't really do much else with, I mean, the Batman villains are just as iconic as he is. So this is going to be him focusing more on the villainous side of things and Batman's relationship with all these crazy people in Gotham. And I'm in. (laughs) I, for me, it was just another new series for Batman. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, is that they try to sell off these new series as something great and wonderful and and exciting. However, we know from experience that what is given the most attention is always the ongoing, long ongoing series. So he's giving up Batman for something brand new. And I was thinking he could have done everything that he's talking about in Batman you know, I, I don't see the benefit for him of this. I get the feeling new... this is just kind of a holdover for him until Greg Capullo is done with his work with Mark Millar and he wants to do something else with Capullo. So this is just kind of like a stopgap, I think. Yeah, because I don't see this going on for nearly but I mean, that, as it's long. Still, for me, it's cool. Do a couple little self-contained stories with, you know, for sure. Mr. Freeze and the Penguin. Yeah. Give me some cool comics. Uh, I'm okay with it. No, no, no. And I'm not saying I'm not. It's just for, again, they're signing him on, making a big deal, uh, the exclusivity deal. But you're thinking, and you're giving him a brand new versus a long-running mm-hmm. existing series. I would have rather have seen him take on Action Comics. Mm-hmm. or well, something else. Well, or they, you know what? Actually, what I wanted to see, I wanted to see him take over the Justice League. Well, that's what I think they're doing. They have that JLA title that they said it's coming out, but we're not going to announce any more information. So I think that might be their next team up is on JLA. I don't mean JLA. I mean just the Justice League. Well, I mean, they're kind of the same book, really. Well, I don't know. I Again, I, I want him to put his big boy pants on and take on a team of the, the the most iconic team and let's see what he can do with that mm-hmm. that would be that would have been what sold me on this event as wow okay i'm genuinely excited for something from dc that that, that's why it. i'm thinking if if he's going to take on a project of that caliber he's going to want you know his his favored artist partner there with him right so moving into the Superman stuff, uh, it's Superman stuff, and we both have talked about that in the past. The one that actually really did interest me, though, is the new Superman, uh, written by Jean Luen Yang. And this is picking up with a teenager in Shanghai who somehow gets Superman powers. I don't know. But it's going to be looking at Superman, this iconic figure for hope and power and responsibility and all these things, through a very different cultural lens I'm interested to see where they go with that. That was, yeah, bar none, best for Superman. Although the Supergirl stuff sounded interesting as well. Mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, no, very, very cool stuff. Yeah, I like Supergirl's new costume too. Yeah, yeah. Huge improvement over the new 52 version. <laughs> I was disappointed because they talk about the, for the Bat one, you see the, 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 the Bat girl and the Birds of Prey and you're looking at 
women creators. And I'm thinking, fantastic. And then Superman. And that was pretty much it for the rest of it. And you're going, ah, damn. (laughs) So you get a bunch of dudes writing again, women comics. Mm -hmm. And then we got uh, what could be cool, the new Trinity book, the Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman book, just because Francis Menopole is on it. And I have loved everything he's touched at DC. And then we also have the new Wonder Woman, which is the long-awaited return of Greg Rucka to DC, uh, mending that bridge. And I've never been a big Wonder Woman person. I I wasn't particularly interested, but I know a lot of people who hold him up as the best Wonder Woman writer in recent memory. So it's cool. And seeing some of the artwork, uh, Liam Sharp, I've never heard of this guy, but seeing some of those pages, he's got some serious talent. Yeah, it'll be fun to read. What I don't like is they're with their bi-monthly publishing, they're basically trading off where odd-numbered issues are going to be modern-day stories and even-numbered issues are going to be flashback stories with Nicholas Scott on ARC. And I mean, I have no problem with either of those concepts, but it's kind of weird to be trading off like that. Like, you know, do six issues and then six issues, but I don't know. Yeah, we've seen that kind of thing before, and in theory it sounds like it might be interesting, but what winds up happening is that you're alienating your readers because they're flip-flopping between the story, and I I never feel that it works as well as I think they, they believe it would or should. Yeah, it can work fine in a short term if the stories are kind of like interrelated and or at least thematically related. But as like a concept for ongoing for months and months and months, I, I'm not so sure. Yeah. But that means, you know, if you're not interested in half of it, you only have to buy Wonder Wo- one Wonder Woman comic a month. Yeah. Uh, Justice League stuff, really not interested there. Brian Hitch, we've talked about him as a writer in the past. I'm not terribly excited for what's going on there. Uh, maybe the new Flash stuff is kind of interesting to me. But the one that really grabbed my interest is the new Green Lanterns comic with Sam Humphreys coming over from Marvel. And we've loved a lot of the stuff he did over there. (laughs) Basically, he's taking Nova, (laughs) who is a knockoff of Green Lantern, and going, let me just do an actual Green Lantern comic. Focusing on the new Green Lanterns of Earth, uh, Simon Baz and Jessica Cruz, who we've seen as Power Ring in the Justice League comics. So that, that one I'm really excited for. The rest of the stuff, eh. The Flash stuff, I was trying to decide whether or not it, it could, could be. work because, it, again, it's it's not necessarily, again, a new concept. But as you're listening, you're thinking, okay, I can see how they might be able to have some fun with it as long as it's not pushed too far kind of thing. Then it could be some fun as well. And I haven't read a Flash comic for a little while now. Just because I, I, I haven't touched it since um, Azarello, <laughs> or not Azarello? Who was it? It was Manipole, and yeah, I think it was Azarello. They were doing that one, so it's been a while. It'd be nice to read it again. Mm-hmm. And interesting one though is the new Cyborg comic because they brought in John Semper, who hasn't done a lot of actual comics work, but he's been very involved in a lot of the ancillary products. He was uh, one of the main guys behind the 90s Spider-Man cartoon as well as Static Shock. And this is where, again, this format really worked for me because just hearing him talk and seeing how much of a different voice he brings compared to a lot of the other people that they were talking to made me interested in a Cyborg comic. Well, he's saying a lot of the things that we've said we'd want to read in a mm-hmm. Cyborg comic about the the fact that he still does, in fact, have a soul and all of these things and how he's describing it fits and then the fact that he's talking about you know what he's also writing about a black man living in detroit there's there's 
a lot that you can pull from with that. And he's going to be able to present it in such a way that's believable as well. So it, it really got me interested to read that comic. Yeah, definitely. Uh, moving ahead, we're getting a new version of Hellblazer. Simon Oliver, I'm not familiar with him as a writer, but Moritat, I've seen a lot of his work in art. It's a really cool fit for Constantine, especially because this, at least initially, is going to be a team-up comic with him and Swamp Thing, and that's always been a favorite of mine. Yeah. And God help me, I might read a Deathstroke comic. Really? Not because I care about Deathstroke, but because they're bringing in Christopher Priest to write him, who has a very long resume of a lot of very good comics behind him. So I'll at least check out the first issue based on the creators behind it. Then you let me know. <laughs> yes, I, I certainly will. I don't think I'm going to be reading it right out of the gate. And then the only other one in the lineup that really grabbed my interest is the new Blue Beetle, just because Jaime Reyes is back. And I've always loved that character at DC. Him teaming him up with Ted Kord could be fun, could be interesting. But Jaime, that's really all that matters for me. Hmm. Anything else in the lineup that uh, you were interested in? There were a few here and there. But again, there was, I went into this hoping that there'd be more of an explanation and they're still holding that too close to the chest. Oh, yeah. I think they, that, they want you to buy that comic. Yeah. So I'm like, uh, like, we just, just got out of, and I'm not talking New 52. I'm talking the, the last crap. Yeah, that convergence. Of trying to shake everything up again. And now you're doing it again. So, I mean, they're, they're, they're making a big deal about it to the point of having this conference, which was huge, like a first for them. And... And yet I'm like, I, I can't be excited for this. You just shook things up and now you're going to be doing the same. So until I get more details of, you know, the whys and, and what's happening, I'm kind of just on par. It's like some of the stuff is like, yeah, that'll be cool. We'll see. Yeah. And like, like we were talking about when it was first announced, you look at it and it's very much more of the same too. It, it even more so it's kind of a regression as far as, you know, the overall line. Cause you look at what we're interested in a couple of Batman books, you know, maybe a justice league book and a green lantern book. I, there's not a whole lot of diversity, both from creators and characters, but just kind of genres and general concepts. It's the reason why I'm finding the more that I've been reading and the more that I've been thinking about different things from the big two, I have, it's not that I'm, I'm going to stop reading comics by any stretch of the imagination, but I've lost so much interest in so many characters and teams mm -hmm. and series that I genuinely cared a lot about in the past that now is like I can't feel nearly as invested because it's a constant, constant shakeup and reboot and rebirth and all that crap. And it's having a huge impact in how I'm seeing different series that used to mean so much to me, which is also why there's so much coming out from image and from other publishers, be it dark horse or whatever, that I'm digging so much because it, it gives me that permanence that I'm not getting from the big two. Yeah. You know, if you're invested in 50 to a hundred issues of Ninja Turtles or invincible, you're going to continue to be invested in that for years to come unless something catastrophic happens. Exactly. Like Walking Dead one number one hundred, but that's you know that's not a shakeup. That's just a okay. The comics not working. Anymore. Well, the, it, the, it the was, comic it went, wasn't a publishing decision. It, the comics gone in a direction that's no longer for me. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean it's bad. Obviously, it's still selling. So <laughs> kind of does actually. Well, 
That's opinion. But yeah, whereas with the, the big two, that's not what it is. It's just this constant shakeup from the top down. And that's where you're running into problems. Mm-hmm. There's one actual comic that I felt we had to talk about this week, and that was the big Batman number 50, finally wrapping up the whole super heavy thing, transitioning back from Jim Gordon to Bruce Wayne, and I had to read this comic twice. (laughs) The first time I read it, I realized I was kind of skimming through a lot of the dialogue and narration because it just wasn't interesting to me. And then I went back and read it, like actually read it, and I kind of wish I'd skimmed over it because none of this made any sense whatsoever, right? I don't know that I would say it wouldn't. It didn't make sense so much as it just was continuing along the same path that we weren't enjoying for the entirety of this story arc. Mr. So, Bloom has to be one of the least interesting villains I've ever seen in a Batman comic. They tried to put way too much pseudoscience in here and... And the character himself, and then when you're getting information about the the other guy who, quote-unquote, invented it first and, and whatnot. And so there's a lot going on. And then the, the fact that just the sight of the real Batman is enough for people to be ripping out their seeds, you're going, oh, come on. Seriously? That's a you, new costume. Have you gone to Gotham? Have you read about Gotham? These people <laughs> don't hold him in that high guard like really anybody that would have chosen to have the seeds put in would not be taking them out but rather be taking trying to take him out so there was too many things like that and there were there were too many kind of uh, trying to make a scene grandiose Mm -hmm. and you're like you're trying too hard snyder you're really trying too hard here. Instead of letting it organically play out, you're putting him on a pedestal and everybody's bowing down to him. And so for me, that didn't fit either. See, this is something I'm starting to realize between Batman and some of his other stuff. Snyder doesn't do big storytelling that well. He does great character work and he can do a big storyline that's character driven, stuff like Court of Owls or the the death of the family and the Joker stuff, because that was very focused on the characters. Of course, it was a big storyline thematically and what it meant for the line, but it wasn't, you know, it it wasn't grandiose. And I think that's where he kind of has a weakness. It's possible. It's possible. Or it could be that the story just got away from him. I mean, which happens. That's possible as well. And when you're looking, when you're looking at a panel of Batman, kicking a giant sunflower the story got away from you okay there's the the story really got away from you it's it's ridiculous in concept but then when you're getting to what are supposed to be these heroic moments of him taking him down and it is quite literally he's holding onto a pedal and kicking a sunflower in the quote-unquote face wow no this is not working and and there was too much going on as well and i know that he can do a lot of balls in the air and juggle them no problem but for this it didn't feel that way to me there were just too many things and there there came a point where it was like was the entire story arc just to set up a new black robin was was that the entire point i mean 
Well, that's something they've been building to for a while. There's a both, better way both here doing. and in other comics. There's, I think this was just finally the culmination of that. Yeah, I don't know. It's again because if you ask me, the entire point of the storyline was just to give Batman a new costume because that's all I got out of this. Yeah. See, the only thing I got out of it is literally Gordon stepping down, but trying to be badass while he's at it, taking out goddamn helicopter doors and dragging them around, <laughs> even though he doesn't have a spleen. All like, right. It, it was a good visual. Don't get me wrong, but how? No, it's it, it was ridiculous. And then you have the, again, the fact that it, it felt very much like the entirety of this thing was just to introduce a a new black Robin, which I'm cool with. I think, in fact, it's a yeah, good I idea. Like it. It'd be, He's it'd a great be, character. It'd be awesome. But there got to be more to the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it. And that's what I look at, and I keep comparing this to Superior Spider-Man because conceptually they have a lot of the same feeling for me. You take the iconic character out of the role, put somebody else into it, and then when you go back, because of course you're going to go back, what did it mean? And you look at Superior Superior Spider-Man, what did it mean for Peter Parker? It gave him a more affirmation of who he wanted to be, what he wanted to do, how things can go wrong, and how he can be better, whereas – this really didn't mean anything to Bruce for me. Well, what did we really see of Bruce? Not Batman. Yeah. And Bruce any, in this. any development he got was completely erased by the stupid brain thing. Yeah. So I, I didn't like the story arc. We've already established that. And I did not like the last issue. And this one, I liked even less. There were, there were far too many things that I could be very, very critical of. It, it it's pretty sad because an otherwise great run is ending on a sour note. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I keep going <laughs> back to Batman kicking a sunflower. <laughs> Who could at any point from episode title writer to uh, artist to editor, someone along the line should have looked at that and said, Maybe not what you want to be ending this run on. Definitely. So moving into what we're reading, or again, what we're watching, I saw the movie. Oh, you did? I did. This is funny because, and I'll just say this and then you can say what your thoughts are. I have read a total, now it's up to three. Three people who liked it versus everyone else who have very strong opinions against it. But those three people are so, well, mostly two. One was just like, it was good. I don't believe any of you people. The other two are like, you people, if you don't get it, you're, it's, God damn it, I'm going to have to bleep. But but yeah, it was that. <laughs> Listen, you might have to bleep a lot of my, what I have to say. Because yeah, they're like so passionate about it that if you guys don't get it it's on you you're idiots not 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 us for liking it i'm reserving judgment because i haven't seen it yet but i'm i'm really curious what you thought i can see how a certain segment of moviegoers would enjoy the movie the same way some people somehow still enjoy transformers movies despite the fact that they're awful as well so i i can see that and I look at some of the reviews who are like obviously being hyperbolic with their this movie is the death of cinema as we know it. And so like it's humorous. I get it. It's a nice headline. It's not that bad, but it's still a pretty bad movie. 
Okay, but on a scale of Man of Steel to The Dark Knight, where does it fit in? Well, I kind of liked Man of Steel, so... (laughs) You liked Man of Steel? Yeah. No way, we've talked about this and you did not. Yeah, we did, and I did. I'm going to have to go back and listen to that episode. Okay, well, all right, well, I was not crazy about Man of Steel, so... I mean, it wasn't a phenomenal, like, a great work of cinema, but I enjoyed it. (laughs) Okay. And I liked a lot of the concepts that this movie started off with, especially coming out of Man of Steel, with there's been so much said about you know the destruction of metropolis and superman killing zod and how that's that's so out of character but when i look back at man of steel i'm like it's literally the guy's first day on the job like as a building ground for character development it's something that will inspire him to be better and to become the superman that everybody expects him to be so conceptually i thought like there was some interesting stuff they could have done with that and leading in here I thought that maybe they were trying to do that with uh, putting Bruce Wayne in Metropolis at the time and the destruction of one of his offices kind of being the reason Batman is angry at Superman as well as bringing in Lex and you know him seeing you know these aliens have destroyed the city. Conceptually, they could have gone in a good direction with it. Functionally, they did not whatsoever. <laughs> Superman was just a mess in this entire movie. Like you could tell Henry Cavill did not like the script he was working with because it just made Superman out to be a mopey idiot. That's what he was in Man of Steel though. No, this, this is, this is worse. Oh, come on. Seriously? Yes. Okay. (laughs) Ben Affleck. I liked a lot of the stuff with Affleck as Bruce Wayne, because this is the first time in a long time we've seen, the Bruce Wayne side of Batman. And I don't just mean like, you know, oh, he's not in the costume, but like he was doing Batman work outside of the costume. Like I liked that. And he he was good in the role, but once he's in the Batman suit, first of all, they gave him this stupid voice modulator so that he doesn't have to do the Christian Bale, like raspy throat. Right. And it just, it sounds just as dumb in a completely different way. <laughs> but also he just, completely kills like at least 20 people in this movie. And like, there's been a lot of discussion like, Oh, you know, when the Avengers are fighting Hydra, you think everybody's living through those explosions and whatnot, but it's the way it's done. Like this isn't like, he's like, it's almost malicious at points. Like there's one point where the Batmobile rams into a car, flips it over five or six times. You're like, man, those guys are messed up. And then he hooks the car with a tow line, drags it around for a few blocks, smashing it into buildings. And like for literally no reason other than to hurt the people in it even more. <laughs> or, you know, it, it's just it's it was very big disconnect for me. And like I'm even completely discounting like the weird future dark, dark future vision nightmare that he was having where he kills more people because that's the point of dark future nightmares to really take the characters out of their elements. But it, it did not feel like Batman at any point to me. And that was a big sticking point. Hmm. Um, Gal Gadot, uh, she didn't get a whole lot of screen time because it's not her movie. She's, you know, a third wheel in the Batman Superman, but at the end, like in the big climactic fight against the CGI turd monster, she was awesome. Like they made wonder woman a badass, and I was cool with that. (sighs) Jesse Eisenberg was a freaking disaster. And we've seen this in the trailers of like, what are they doing? 
the trailers made him look better than he actually is. And it's not on him. I mean, he's playing the role that was written for him. I couldn't tell you why Lex Luthor did anything he did in this movie. Like He had three or four different supervillain master plans going at any time that made no sense in relation to each other. <laughs> why did he try? Why did he want Superman to kill Batman? Why did he make the weird genetic thing? Why is he angry at Congress? Like there's just so much going on that made no sense for the character to the point where, you know, you messed up when you have to release deleted scenes the Monday after your movie comes out to try and make sense of the story. <laughs> the deleted scene was still awful, but at least it's like the connective tissue between one awful storyline and another awful storyline. It was, it was just an absolute mess. And that's what the movie keeps coming to. It was a disjointed mess. It's two hours of nonsensical storytelling leading to 20 minutes of action. And it was, it was just Zack Snyder is a very good filmmaker. He has a great eye for shots, great, good action director. But as we've seen between here and Man of Steel, especially here, he is not a good storyteller. When he's telling other people's stories with Dawn of the Dead or uh, 300 and even Watchmen, he's very capable. But when he's trying to tell his own story, it doesn't work. It was This movie was just a mess beginning to end. The few bright spots could not save what was otherwise utterly incomprehensible to me. And what I heard too from most people too is that it was just plain boring. Is that true as well? I said it's two hours of nothing. You have a movie with Superman and Batman and in the first two hours there's maybe five minutes of action. Right. All right then, comics. I read a couple comics. All right. Uh, Briefly, very briefly because we're going on here. Uh, Ultimates. On one hand, I'm still really digging this like super cosmic scale storytelling they're doing. On the other hand, man, there's a lot of words in these things <laughs> that it, it's that pseudoscience. This will all make sense if you really pay attention sort of thing. It's getting into that Hickman realm for me where it's not bad. I still like it, but I think I might like it more in chunks than issue by issue. Which is why I stopped. I'm kind of accumulating them. I'll go back to them later and, and get caught up. Because mm-hmm. so, conceptually, I still really, really love the comic. And then Angela makes me really sad because we found out that they only have one more issue before it's canceled. And I always knew this was never a comic that was going to go on for very long, despite how much I loved it, because it's not the type of comic that's going to have huge sales numbers. It's just just the way it is. It's sad, regardless of how good it is. And it's really good. So what they've done is realizing that they only have two issues left. What are they going to do? Fire them? The the story is weird. It's actually a, a cool tie-in to the, the 1602 Witch Hunter series that they did in Secret Wars. But they're just like, you know what? Screw it. We're just going to have fun. The characters are completely breaking the fourth wall at various points, which I would hate if it was like a theme for the comic. But as basically them just going out and doing their own thing, I enjoy it, especially because the characters are referencing the creators and some of their storytelling tendencies and stuff, even to the point where nobody knew the comic was actually not being not going past issue seven until one of the characters in the comic straight up said, we only have one issue left. Who cares? (laughs) (laughs) 
it's something that if if the comic was built around it, I wouldn't like. But just as like a big send off and just the writer having fun with these characters that are so charismatic and so lovable. I really liked it. Cool. And what have you got? Did you read the last uh, Star Wars? Mm hmm. Man, talk about <laughs> Leia just being this badass and teaming up with Afro. <laughs> I'm so ready for that next issue. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Like it was, it was just a lot of fun. And it was funny because I was thinking, especially because of the cover, we'd be getting a lot more with the Luke and, and the Han and stuff and, and smuggling, what is that, bison it looks like? Nerves. They're nerve herders. <laughs> and I was thinking, okay, well, we, we maybe we'll get more of that. But no, there was a, just a ton more that was with Leia being a badass. And I was not only all right with that, I was freaking happy to see it. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. There was a new Tomb Raider that came out oh. from Dark Horse. And um, I still have not gotten to play the second in the reboot, The Rise of the Tomb Raider, just because it was too expensive still. I'm waiting for it mm-hmm. to go down in price. But I really, really, really loved that reboot, the, the the Tomb Raider one. So I kind of like this interpretation of the character. Not that it's that, that different, but I, I like where they're going with a lot of it. And this, because of that, was was fun to read. It was It was cool because... She's not the badass that we know her to be later on in life. She's still learning. She's learning how to fight from a nearly blind woman. There was some daredevil stuff going on there, but it it was made to work. And, and it was really, again, it was, it was well-written. It was fun to read. And I'm curious where it's going to go from here. Mm-hmm. And I had one more I was going to mention. Oh, Web Warriors, of course. Yes. God, I love these guys. This is, again, and I, I got entirely caught up with Amazing and still, nope. I, as it stands right now, this is still the I, best I, I'm series. I'm still liking Amazing, but I'm definitely on your ship of this is the best spider comic right now. Yeah, by far. And it was awesome. Trapping all the Electros. It was freaking awesome. Every bit of this issue, I I loved. And again, here's where we talk about time time again with big team comic books of being able to juggle a lot of balls in the air at the same time and with ease with this every single issue has been with ease to the point where you're like dying to know more about what is going on with the each of the the different characters and i think a lot of that is that now that obviously they're more comfortable with the characters because they're more established after the spider-verse and all that but they really realized that you have this big teen book. Not everybody needs to be doing something very important every issue. You know, sometimes Spider-Man Noir is just there. Yeah. You know, sometimes Spider-Ham is just there for a one-liner and you can forget about and him. That's the rest enough. Of and, and just focusing on who's most important to the story at that time and understanding that every character is going to have their chance in the spotlight at one point or another. I agree. I agree. It's it's the equivalent of having a competent writer working on an X-Men title where Wolverine is just walking past with a beer heading towards the bathroom or something. And it doesn't mm-hmm. doesn't matter. He doesn't have to always be the center of attention. And so it's the same kind of thing here. And I agree. It's Mike Costa is doing a great job with it. Absolutely yeah. love it. Very, very enjoyable. And that's it for me. 
All right, then. New releases are pretty slim this week because it's our fifth Wednesday in the month and comic publishers still haven't figured out how to do that. For Marvel, all I'm looking at is Darth Vader number 18, Hercules number five, and X-Men 92 number one, the uh, ongoing that's now spinning out of the Secret Wars miniseries that focused on the animated series team. From DC, all I've, all I've got is Batman and Robin Eternal number 26. Image brings us Black Science number 21, Saga number 35, and Wayward number 15. IDW sure as heck hasn't taken the week off. Got Back to the Future number six, Ghostbusters International number three, Godzilla Oblivion number one, Gem and the Holograms number 13, Ragnarok number eight, and Transformers More Than Meets the Eye number 51. And then rounding out our list this week from Valiant, we have Faith number three. So that's going to wrap us up here at Comic Book Informer. As always, you can find us online at comicbookinformer.com or on Twitter at CB Informer. And until next week, thanks for listening. Make sure to stop by comicbookinformer.com and let the guys know what you think in the comments. If you'd like to hear more from Roger and Vince, check out Popcorn Ronin, a bi-weekly movie, TV, and anime podcast, as well as For the Lore, a weekly gaming podcast.